Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo. I'm joined by my co-host, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, what's going on? Not much. How you doing? Good, good. I'm not too bad. Um, You know, sitting here... uh, On a generator. (laughs) On a generator. uh, And my other co-host joining us again this week is uh, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? How's it going? I'm not on a generator, but uh, (laughs) I'm going to try to struggle through this all the same. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm on. You know, for the listeners who don't know, I'm uh, in New York on the East Coast, and we got hit by a, a pretty bad nor'easter uh, that knocked out power to uh, like thousands and thousands of residents uh, in our county. Actually, yeah. in most of the state. I mean, it's not just there. I know. You know, Massachusetts. Yeah, big Massachusetts areas got of that. worse. Even. I mean. Yeah, m- multiple states got it. I'm surprised. I guess that we didn't, but I guess it's a nor'easter, not a mid north whatever well, wherever it was also I am. like a bomb cyclone some bullshit like, yeah, where, like it's I mean, fucking... learning new weather words all the time yeah. i didn't think that was still possible wait what was the what was the word <laughs> well it, it it's they call it a bomb cyclone but it's bomb a, a cyclone it's wow. a cyclogenesis or something like that but the you know the the cool like you know headline grabbing term is a, basically like it, it you get a lot of snow in a very short amount of time in like four hours it'll snow like six inches or something which, you know, as far as snowfall rates go, is very high. That's yeah. crazy. Um, that's... Yeah, there was another one, a new term I learned a little bit long. It was, uh, I think, thunder snow is another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a thunderstorm of snow. I was, just like... I was in a band in high school called Thunder Snow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, that, so it was fucking horrible. It was, you know, the usual kind of like uh, horrible snow and, you know, whatever. But then it was like super windy also, so it knocked down a ton of trees and power lines like yeah you sent me that picture that was crazy yeah i tried to drive to work you know i went to work today but to trying to get to work i had to take like three different routes before i figured out a way to get there and one of i turned around the corner and there's i mean it's not even just like a little tree this is like a fucking like hundred year old oak tree like literally just across the road not even like i'm part of the road because if I had had that picture, like, so, you know, you see the picture and it's his car and it's the tree and you're like, he can't get across the road. That would have been it. I would have sent that to my boss and been like, sorry, I can't come in. There is no other I considered way. It. I was like, I really don't want to go in, but I didn't go in yesterday because of the weather. So I was like, Ugh, I got to go in today. Otherwise, Monday and Tuesday will be a fucking nightmare. So, um, but yeah, so long story short, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing this, uh, you know, via generator, uh, <laughs> And, and whatever internet we were able to cobble together. So, cobble together uh, the internet. Yeah. It, it, it's a good preview for uh, once the we. End uh, times. Yeah. yeah. Once we once we run out of natural resources and yeah. we're, you know, like rationing that. our energy like North Korea does. I, I used to live on the on the West Coast and um, occasionally you'd see, we'd have windstorms and a tree or a, would fall on a, some rich asshole's car. And I would always. I always joke that it was like nature fighting back, you know, like trying to <laughs> take out as many cars as it can to save itself from all the pollution. Yeah. Maybe it is. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how fucking like 
uncivilized people are, though, when there's no power, no, like, you know, stoplight. <laughs> All the stores it, it, immediately run out of everything. It, <laughs> people nuts. go crazy. People oh, do you, do you guys remember in, it was like 2003, there was like a 10 state power outage all the same day it was right after it was like a couple years after 9-11 or like one it was it was during the summer i remember yeah, this yeah, yeah. and everyone thought it was summer. like a terrorist attack because it was yeah, such yeah, a yeah. wide area and uh i had a great time i just biked around town there was like nobody was out driving all, all the lights were off you know people actually drive a lot safer when there's no traffic lights because they don't know you know what to do and uh some places i don't know around yeah. here people are really fucking like nobody it, you're supposed to stop when all the lights are at it's right. a four-way right. stop like but people who are going straight on like a road and people turning onto that road, the people going straight think, oh, well, it's my right away. Right. I'm going, no, fucker. It's a four way stop. Uh, it's the East it. Coast. The Midwest people are a little more, uh, more chill about their yeah, cars. But New, York, New Yorkers are the fuck, uh, almost the worst <laughs> drivers. Massachusetts drivers are yeah. the literal worst drivers. But Really? Oh, they're fucking <laughs> awful. Oh, my I God. Well, I remember. Massachusetts. I, can, I can attest to New York. Though. They're pretty bad. Yeah. New, York's are, New, York's, New York drivers are bad. Massachusetts are the worst. The, the best drivers I've ever fucking been around are like Maine and New Hampshire drivers. They're so polite. <laughs> no, nobody tailgates. Nobody goes like crazy slow or crazy hmm. fast. It's like. Oh, they're basically Canada. Perfect. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, they they, they kind of are like they're very chill. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's bizarre. Well, the but, thing I remember about that power outage was um, there was like every grocery store was shut down and you couldn't buy yeah. anything. And I had to bike like two or, like a whole town over to to find the nearest place to add beer, and they were almost completely out of beer. Like that was what everyone did. Everyone just freaked out and went and bought as much booze as they could because they were like, you know, I got food in the fridge, I got stuff in the freezer, but we might we might not be able to get drunk for a while. So there was it's a like huge... bread, milk, and beer. Oh my god! Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> god, um, yeah. So I don't have a ton of topics prepared for today because uh, I've been without power for a few days. But there's a lot of uh, shenanigans going on with the D Triple C. So. Uh, I, we we got to talk about those because because that'll I think last us the whole show. I like to call it fuckery. Yeah, <laughs> there's fuckery, fuckery afoot. I, I was, trying See, I was to, telling I was trying you how much she says that word. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was told by a listener that I that we that I said fuck over a hundred times last episode. <laughs> They're fucking stupid. <laughs> to which I said, "Oh, good. I'll make sure I do 200 next time." Yeah, I guess they, <laughs> they said maybe uh, maybe we'd make them swear more if they were listening to us more. I hope so. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, oh, not no, they... not even in that in that uh, review. I was talking <laughs> oh, about somebody I know personally, but that review is super funny. Yeah, See, gotta... there's a there's this thing out there that people think that that others don't swear because there are you know circumstances where we keep it in. But like I've worked at you know Fortune 100 companies where senior executives would just fucking go off you know in meetings that's how real people stuff. talk that's how you get yeah. to the top of the, the ladder that's how you get up to the, you gotta, it's so, the way that you swear yes <clears throat> so people that you know look at trump saying shithole or whatever and i'm like you know what truth be told that's the way real a lot of people that talk. Helps maybe him not voters. everyone that helps him when he does shit like that it does it does people are like oh that's a real guy <laughs> Like that's, that's how my cousin I just talks, use it for know? emphasis because, well, and also because I did, you know, I was so conservative in those years I was in that corporate <laughs> world until I got into the higher levels and I was like, I could say fuck, but, you know, <laughs> but when I was still an underling, yeah, I was, you know, I was muzzled. And so now I'm yeah. like, I'm free. <laughs> well, I think, and we, we also grew up and well, I mean, we all grew up at different times, but I mean, for, we, we, <laughs> well, thanks for pointing that out again. <laughs> Do we need to talk about my age every fucking week? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Uh, but no, but uh, but we all kind of grew up in the specter of this like uber 
uh, PC, like no cursing, you know, parental advisory, the whole tipper gore, fucking horse shit, you know, (laughs) which was the best thing that's ever happened in the music industry. I mean, once you slap that parental advisory sticker on something, that That was like so many rap albums went platinum because of that. (laughs) But see, the funny thing is that wasn't even the goal. The goal of the PMRC was to censor music, which is fucking, you know, mind numbing to anybody <laughs> who actually cares about, you know, free speech or anything like that. So much so that John Denver went and fucking spoke on behalf of all the artists that cursed. Like, <laughs> Oh man, I bet he yeah. swore a lot in private though. You know, he was like, well, he, um, he probably well when you're singing that, I mean, <laughs> brought, the funny thing is that Tipper Gore's people, like they brought him in to kind of be the, cause they figured out oh, squeaky clean John Denver. He'll be on our side. Right. And he like fucking gave them the, read them the riot act, like in a polite way, but he was, mm-hmm. he was like super strong. On you know him and Zappa and a bunch of the other guys that were there. Yeah, funny <laughs> funny story. The original uh, title um, for one of his hits was actually Rocky Rocky Mountain High as fuck, but they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't let him do that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but no, so no, I brought that up to just say like I think we grew up in the in, in this in the kind of specter of that, and then kind of like the '90s kind of response to that, which was like the Howard Stern South Park. Yeah. You know, be as crude as possible. So I think we, we just have a natural aversion to censoring mm-hmm. ourselves uh, when it comes to language. Uh, what the fuck are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to make an effort just to, to say fuckery more. Just cause it makes it more kind of like endearing and kind of old timey. You know, well, you know, there's shenanigans and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a hullabaloo and there's all sorts of words like that. But I think, you know, fuckery just really sums it up for me. The, the other one I like a lot is hoopla. Hoopla. Yeah. I don't even know what we it means. It could mean make a lot fumble. of hoopla over what's going on with the DCCC <laughs> this week. So yeah, what does so what what DCCC stand for? So the DCCC is the Democratic Congressional Campaign uh, Committee, I believe. Yeah. Or maybe caucus. It's committee, I think. Um, so they're the fundraising arm of the DNC, well, of the Democratic Party. They, right. they are supposed to be uh, distributing funds to the House candidates, people running for uh, seats in the House of Reps. Um, and they're supposed to be impartial, which well, is fucking say, hilarious. But because they're linked to the money, you know, right off the bat, they're the worst part, and they are. <laughs> the, they are the worst. Uh, you know, uh, we talk about how shitty the DNC is. The DCCC <laughs> is about a thousand times worse than the DNC, if you can imagine. Like if they if they ran that out that end of it, it would be just oh my god. So. <laughs> You know, I, the, the, I, my week got started off in a, on a kind of funny note because I, I had planned on talking about all this bullshit that they've been doing, which we'll get into. But I actually got a call from the DCCC uh, the other day <laughs> asking for money, uh, <clears throat> which which was hilarious. You're <laughs> on some like, list that I'm not on. <laughs> so had, and, uh, had, you, had, you, had you already read the Nation article that was titled, If the DCCC Calls, Hang Up the Phone? <laughs> no, I didn't. You actually. didn't see that article? Well, I, I had read plenty of other articles about the DCCC to know oh, that, what their that, that was, motive was. That was literally the title of the article was, <laughs> if the DCCC calls, hang up the phone. <laughs> That's so funny. It actually but was so, like a, a good piece of journalism, though. So they called, um, I got to check that out. They called to a fundraise for uh, this guy, Connor Lamb, <clears throat> who's running for special election in March out in Pennsylvania. Um, and I just, like him. I, I, as a candidate of, you know, mm, looking at okay. the field, I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> so uh, I, compared to some of the other options, what I, what I like about him is that he's been out there actually getting into the field, going door to door, some of that stuff. Are there some things that aren't perfect? Yeah. But 
Well, his uh, policies like, are just non-existent. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I, I, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't obviously give the person money at the DCCC when they called. And I, I kind of talked the poor guy's ear off about all the <laughs> shit that I think that they're doing wrong. Like in a polite way, I was like, look, I know this isn't your fault. You're just the calling. You're just the messenger, but I just want to, he's you, some you, dude please. in a call center. Just like, can I just bonus? Can you just give yeah. something so I can and bonus I like, this hour? Just please let your bosses know exactly why I'm not donating. It's because of what you guys did to Laura <laughs> Moser and tech. And I like went through all these things. Like, oh man, I didn't even know we did all that stuff <laughs> so maybe i maybe i woke the uh inner socialist in that guy but i know they give I doubt you it. when you do that job I, i've done that they, they give you a little folder i mean unless he's actually working directly for them but i doubt it is probably outsourced they give you a little folder a little packet that has like you know four of the main things you need to know to walk into it that's really it and so it's probably i mean it might be somebody that's a little bit woke because they've been you know making a lot of the calls but but I'm yeah. sure they're not anyone as politically connected or active as. But I, so I didn't know who Connor Lamb was. So I, I, afterwards I went and looked him up on Twitter and his Twitter, uh, his Twitter description, uh, you, you could be, you could be forgiven for confusing him for a Republican, uh, Marine prosecutor, Patriot, Catholic, Democratic <laughs> nominee for Congress and PA 18 special election. On Mar <laughs> this dude is like running to the fucking right of Joe Manchin based on his platform. <laughs> like I, I, I looked on his website. He talks about the opioid epidemic, which, of course, everyone, you know, that's an easy thing to talk about that nobody yeah, actually plans on doing anything about. about. Too, no? Yeah. His healthcare plank is entitled affordable health care. So, uh, you, know, <laughs> you, you know, where he stands on that one. I like if it's called a plank. <laughs> but he has a nice face, Anthony. Come on. <laughs> well, no, he is. He's 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 another Asaf. He's yeah. a nice, good-looking young guy who probably speaks very well and has a you know dresses sharply uh, and has a great team of consultants. And it's like these are the fucking people that the DCCC are pushing. And you know, we'll get into some stories about exactly what they're doing uh, behind the scenes. But the DCCC, in theory, is supposed to be impartial during the primaries. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious in theory. But you know what? They're, they better take that out of their fucking bylaws because, oh, God, I mean, yeah. I mean in California, you know, with the convention that they just or put had. a little like jerk off motion next to that part of the bylaw, <laughs> like a little gif of some guy like doing that hand motion. Well, it's I mean, so what was the whole DNC's argument in the, that fraud lawsuit was right. they had, they're under no obligation to remain impartial. And, you know, I mean, Jared Beck might be kind of nuts, but that was the, the the great thing about that case was forcing the so DNC to basically say, like, no, we, we're not going to be impartial, even if our bylaws claim we're supposed to be. Like, forcing them to have to say that was what was so important. And that's the thing. They constantly <clears throat> break their bylaws, and they've done it, you know, we they had the, uh, the convention last weekend, and, of course, there had been candidates that wanted to be considered for endorsement that met all the criteria that still weren't considered for endorsement, you know, so they, they broke a lot of their own bylaws there and, and yeah, what's they continue to do it. <laughs> what's her face? Um, Alison Hartson running out, you know, for, for Diane Feinstein seat. Uh, she doesn't have the name recognition yet, but she's outraised everyone. I think everyone, including Feinstein and she wasn't even uh, up uh, being considered for the vote uh, for endorsement. The only ones that were really considered were, uh, Feinstein and Kevin DeLeon, who's kind of like, you know, that was the thing. People, Feinstein people met light. the criteria for signatures and for, um, you know, well, all they different change things. Rules. They yeah. change rules. It's well, that's bullshit. what they did to Jaffe. They, they changed the, at the very last minute, they changed the required number of signatures 
And it was yeah. like they gave him something saying this is the final document. These are the signatures. And then the day of, so that he could have no notice, they changed it. And now they're going to give him some re- redress recourse on it uh, in June. <laughs> so but yeah, exactly. After. after the primaries. Yeah. It, this is so fucking insidious. Like they're just cheating because they yeah. know they can't win. So they just cheat. They said to Jaffe, I believe it was he needed like the signature of like 37 uh, delegates or something to be considered for endorsement. And he got the 37 mm-hmm. and then they came back to he him after that, the, yeah. he, after the deadline said, Oh, you need 39 or whatever. Yeah. He, literally like one more than he had. Yep. And it's like, you, you can't do that. Like you, you fucking just can't <laughs> do that. Like, I mean, clearly you can, but they're just they cheating. It's so blatant and disgusting. <laughs> and I, you still see fucking idiots defending this party online, uh, the party leadership as if they're not the most, you know, conniving, cheating, like sniveling weasels that, you know, Walk the face of the earth. It's unbelievable well, to me. But Bernie's not a real Democrat, so. Oh yeah, well, and he's also in the pocket of Australia, apparently. <clears throat> but we'll get we'll get into that later. I want to go through this D Triple C bullshit because this is all kind of so. Yeah. Time it, is a flat circle. The, like the, say, the other thing that detective. I was um, that I was reading about was this woman in in Texas, basically a progressive Bernie cat, Bernie crat, and they are openly, you know, running attack ads against their <laughs> their own party. So the, I actually have a little little uh, back background on that. So um, this is from a Guardian article about how the uh, title "The Democratic Party is now publicly attacking progressive candidates." <laughs> um, so in their desperation to win back the House in the 2018 midterm elections, the Democrats have turned to eating their own. Uh, how else can we make sense of the unhappy drama unfolding in Texas Seventh District? Uh, so the district, which includes much of affluent West Houston, has a Republican incumbent named John Culbertson, uh, but was carried by Hillary Clinton in 2016, uh, which they love to point to by saying, oh, this is a Clinton district. No, it's like a, we don't fucking like Donald Trump district. There's almost no such thing as a Clinton district unless you want to consider, you know, the districts in New York and California. Um, so uh, Culbertson, a gun-loving climate change denying champion Donald Trump, is a jury exemplar of the kind of revol- uh, reactionary outlier who now passes as a mainstream Republican. Um, so of the seven Democrats running, uh, the most intriguing and exciting is a 40-year-old mother of two named Laura Moser. Moser is exceptionally intelligent. Um, while this is her first run for public office, Moser has been politically active, founding Daily Action, a grassroots org designed to mobilize opposition to Trump's deformation of the American political landscape. Um her candidacy has generated excitement. Uh, she has outraised her six rivals in the new year, so she's raised the most money and gathered, uh, gathered an enthusiastic following, particularly among younger voters who supported Bernie Sanders. Uh-uh, that's a problem. So it is, yeah, so <clears throat> it is perhaps predictable that this young Democratic candidate would become the subject of a withering political attack branded a, quote, Washington insider and a carpetbagger. Uh, Moser has been maligned in recent days for harboring a disgust for, quote, disgust for life in Texas. Uh, what is unusual about these attacks? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I lived fucking, in Texas. Is... I have the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, one day you need to tell us all the states you've lived in. We got to we got to make a list. Because I, you know I find that out about a new one every fucking week. It's crazy. <laughs> you know that song you sing with all the states? Just just go through them. That's most of them. <laughs> is that the one from Animaniacs with the capital? I don't know. 
<clears throat> what is unusual about these attacks is that they issue not from her Republican rival, but uh, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, uh, the campaign arm of the Democrats in the U.S. House. Concerned that Moser is too liberal for unseating a Trump pat to unseat a Trump <laughs> patsy. There's that again. Uh, the DCCC has embarked in a kind of smear campaign pioneered and popularized by its political opponents. Uh, to be clear, the charges are ridiculous. It is true that Moser lived in Washington for several years while her husband served as Barack Obama's videographer. And yes, Moser, who is Jewish, appeared at Obama's uh, Seder table uh, thanks to her husband's White House position. Which Hardly is like, th- okay, wait, so so she's got establishment connections here. So... <laughs> Yeah, but that, but exactly. It's not like, enough. Yeah, it's not enough. Uh, so well, that's, uh, part, a, that's the funny part is, is they're the they don't like her because she's too close. Uh, she's too far on the left. But the attack they're using against her is that she's too much like the establishment. So it's, it's like they know <laughs> they know what the people want. They're just going to twist it around and use it against them. You know, it's hilarious. They're doing <clears throat> that in fucking Wisconsin now. Did you yeah. see that? All like all these fucking horrible resistance grifters are promoting Kathy Myers now because Bernie endorsed Randy Bryce. So they're trying to make Bernie look bad by saying, well, why won't Randy Bryce debate Kathy Myers? Which is fucking hilarious because... Kathy Myers is like a million miles to the left of Randy. Uh, Kathy Myers is so far. I like to the left Kathy of... Myers. Yeah, she's awesome. She's great. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like and... when they <laughs> like uh, Peter Douche's whole thing about Park a Gate. Oh, I love that fucking guy. Um, you know the, the whole <laughs> idea, like if Bernie has uh, three modest homes, that that's somehow worse than uh, Chelsea Clinton's ten million dollar Manhattan condo. You know, right? Like it's just it's it's such, it's such gaslighting bullshit. It's such horseshit, and and we'll get to that a little later where they're doing that to Bernie again with you know campaign contributions where they're yeah. just you know speaking out of both sides of their mouth. Um, so it's also true that Moser, who worked as a journalist, wrote a piece in the Washingtonian that she'd quote sooner have my teeth pulled out with anesthesia without anesthesia than live in Paris, Texas. But the article was about the virtues of city living, not about the disgusting idiocy of life in Texas. Uh, with all the subtle, subtlety of a presidential tweet, the uh, DCCC spokeswoman, Meredith Kelly, tore the statement out of context to indict Moser as unqualified to represent Houston. Sad. So, uh, you know, uh, this is just fucking so... This would be like if I decided to run for office, somebody would take this podcast and they could pull so much shit on me, which is why I won't run myself. But but. this is her own party. She is a fucking lifelong Democrat. (laughs) It's so fucking disgusting. The minute you try to get this party to not be this corporate No, it's the second you feel the burn, yeah. (laughs) It's fucking disgusting. And it's like these people don't even have to associate themselves with Bernie. We just naturally... People that support Bernie, it's not that like, oh, we're waiting for Bernie's like endorsement... No, we just want people that support the policies we want, a.k.a. the policies the majority of the American people want. And the second somebody does that, it's like, oh, destroy them, destroy them. Don't let them speak, you know. Well, it's because she like might fools. win. That's the whole yeah, thing. Is no, they she, don't because she's they out don't, raising them. They don't want, they don't want to win if it's well, going to mean that it's that things have to change. They would Because she probably... They probably sent her that memo where they're like, hey, sign this, agree to spend most of your money on consult, 75% of your money yeah. on consultants that we handpick, don't disparage your opponents. And she probably told them to go fuck themselves. So <laughs> I'm sure that's why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah. I, it's not only the DCCC or the DNC, you know, or the party that's doing this. In fact, 
the group indivisible um has now become oh. and you know even more of an arm of the establishment um I mean I can share you know one little bit of an anecdote that a candidate I'm working with um was supposed to speak to an indivisible group and I noticed for some reason that even though the group had been announcing many activities coming up that they hadn't announced my candidate hmm kind of weird and so come to find out they also did not send out the normal email that they send out when they have a candidate or someone coming to speak. Well, it turns out that, you know, uh, members, higher ups, whoever in this particular indivisible group, uh, like the incumbent, go figure. They like the incumbent. And so they're doing everything that they can to make sure that this other candidate doesn't get heard. And, and we were all suspicious of this, you know, back when we heard that Soros had met with indivisible, when we heard that Hillary Clinton had given them infusion of money, you know, and, and indivisible's charter says, you know, they're not supposed to do this stuff. The same with the DCCC and DNC and so on. And yet, here we are. So this kind of yeah, we've seen what charters are worth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's um, happening in all of these little groups. It's just so fucking pathetic, you know. But the but the good thing is this means we're winning because they wouldn't do yes. this shit if they weren't scared that we we're gonna fucking win because they just have to. They're, they're being so blatant now that they're cheating, or maybe it's because we're paying attention. But they're. I feel like there's just so many examples every week of of, of the party, you know, orthodoxy trying to fucking cheat and in disgusting ways that previously we only knew Republicans, you know, to do. Um, yeah, I feel like it's their, their last breaths here and they're doing, you know, it's, they've got the, you know, the death grip on things now because they're, they're just about dead. And, um, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't wait. but I've thought that for the last, like every election that I've participated in as an really? adult, I thought, like, this will be the last time that both parties are going to be the same, that they're both going to be complete, you know, just two different name brands on the same capitalist bullshit. And it's always the same. It's just like, oh, but they're broke now. That's the difference. But you know, what? But like, I think more people, so many more, thanks to Bernie, so many more people are aware of it now. Yeah. And I think he started the ball in motion that's going to break the wheel of the Democratic Party. Eventually. Absolutely. That's what our revolution is all about. That's, that's a nice, nice game of the Sanders Institute. <laughs> The Sanders Institute is all about he's starting his own he's creating his own mechanism outside of the party because it is, uh, you know, limp at best right now and poor and broke um, and people are giving directly to candidates and not to the party. So um, I, I think the writing's on the wall. Yeah. But, you know, to your point, I haven't been paying attention to the the party, you know, that, the last several cycles as much as I have been this cycle. So <clears throat> yeah, well, my, my mother still um, derides my vote for Ralph Nader in 2000, as oh, well as God. my vote. So you're for... the one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, think I love it. You know, Green Party has never like... won a single electoral college vote, yet somehow they've been able to change the outcome <laughs> of two different presidential races. How is that? Po- how? What the fuck? <laughs> It's well, Jill yeah, Stein it was with definitely her one percent of the vote. Really, <laughs> her one point two percent of the popular vote really swung things. I think. Ugh. Ugh, God. I love I, getting yelled at by Just people just don't fucking that. understand like how 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 our and our system's fucked up, and nobody should understand it because it's stupid. But you know that's the system we fucking live in, and that's how it works. You know, you don't win based on popular vote. So it's just don't it's just don't like, tell Hillary fans. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> it's just like I said years ago, though. I mean, I got out of it because it was so fucking corrupt and broken and all of that so many years ago. 
and it's, nothing's changed. It's only gotten worse. I mean, the, the only difference now is my attitude about it, you know, like just having, I think, do, more skills and, you know, yeah. willingness to, to try to do something about it now. But it's frustrating. I think the only thing that's changed is that a lot more of the of the American people's eyes are open. So, uh, you know, I, I know that it, it's bad and it's as bad as it's ever been, maybe. Um, but... I think we're at the at the peak. We're we're you know we're starting to you know we're we're gonna start going downhill in the other direction now. I, I, I it, it'll get a little worse, but I think that there's. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I'm gonna play this back in 2020 when it's Kamala Harris versus you know Donald Trump. But um, I, I really think that enough people are awake that this the shit's not. Bernie almost fucking beat Hillary. The biggest. Yeah political machine in in american history Some with no fucking name right her. well he did uh, yeah i mean he probably did well look at california and the votes that yeah, were thrown out new york yeah. well all the bullshit that went on here yeah but he almost fucking beat her and he had no name recognition to start imagine if bernie runs again or if another <laughs> you know progressive run like <clears throat> I, and i know that's one seat and we got to fill out the rest of the congress but a lot of shit comes from the top down and if you have someone in there who's willing to challenge his own party and say, no, this is the direction we're going. They'll reluctantly follow because at the end of the day, the democratic party, most of its elected officials are spineless and they're chosen that way. So I, I think ultimately if you do get someone in there who can kind of break their backs, it'll be, well, this is what was great about not me. I, I hope I mean, this fuck, is what was great about, right now. <laughs> yeah, this is what was great about Bernie was saying, you know, him trying to tell us, don't, you know, immortalize me. It's not about me. And the fact that he has inspired so many people to run across the country. Now, it's unfortunate that none of them are being allowed to win. Um, and, and maybe that's it. Maybe Susan Sarandon wasn't that far off that, you know, Donald Trump and, and all of this stuff is needed to really wake people up to to how broken everything is yeah. to bring on the revolution. I don't know. Well, that was that was Glenn Greenwald's great prediction when Obama first got elected in 2008 was that things were going to get worse and no one was going to pay attention to it. And that's why he was going to be worse than, than Bush. And he, was, he said, basically, Obama's going to get away with things that Bush never could have dreamed of getting away with. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. He did. So, exactly what happened. you know, and, and people... More deportations, more drones. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's... Two wars at seven, you know. It's, you know, <laughs> goes on. There, there's definitely a few things that are worse now uh, under Trump. But for the most part, it's... You know, he he hasn't been able to it's do the most of the things. It's logical progression of Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, you've got this girl, reality winner, who you know was basically the first whistleblower being prosecuted by Trump, and none of the liberals want to talk about that because then they have to look at you know what she's being tried for, which is espionage, which is the same thing that Obama tried eight whistleblowers for in his administration, which was espionage. You know, and, and if anything, she was. You, you would think they would support this girl. Because the thing that she blew the whistle on was uh, Russian hacking. <laughs> you know? yeah. You'd think they'd be all about it. They're so confused because they're such uh, lapdogs now to the kind of the, the intelligence agencies. Yeah. They don't know how to react because they know the intelligence agencies fucking hate whistleblowers. And Obama fucking hated whistleblowers. But they still have in their head like, oh, well, we like Julian Assange. 
back, you know, during WikiLeaks when he talked about all the bad stuff Bush did. But then we didn't like Snowden because he made Obama look bad. <laughs> but then we liked then we hated Julian Assange because of because of I the get Russia. confused sometimes. Like, who do we like now and who do we hate it's now? Like they're and, so you know. fucking part on both sides, you know. But yeah. they're they're just they're so fucking partisan when it comes to whistle. Look, whistleblowing when it's the truth is fucking good, no matter who does it, and it's yeah. good that we know the truth. I don't even know why that's a controversial statement. Like, <laughs> like, wouldn't you fucking want to know the fucked up shit your government's doing? Yeah. Like if, yeah. It's, it's well, just, and, and even just if the, it's like your own party, like you should know. And, and the, whole, the whole idea that they're being charged with espionage. I mean, whistleblowing is the opposite of espionage. Espionage is when you sell secrets to a foreign government to hurt your government. When you publicize it, it's for the sake of trying to inform people and have a better democracy. It's literally the opposite. Bad. I felt bad for Reality Winner. I mean, oh yeah, me you too. know, I just felt like she was. I feel bad for any whistleblower gets prosecuted. Yeah, I just I felt like she was just kind of a lost, you know, idealistic kid, and I could just yeah, see that happening. I don't think she really to... understood that what she did a didn't expose a ton of th- like, you know, relevant info, and b she probably threw away her life for it. Yeah. In this fucked up country. <sighs> her name makes me but... hopeful, though. <laughs> I feel like she's gonna um, persevere somehow. But you know, uh, <clears throat> whistleblowing, you know, in theory, is uh, protected under the Constitution. LOL. <laughs> it's like, mm. fucking, you know, it's like protected. I, I, I believe it's like preserved in in the First Amendment. But it's just, you know, oh, so, whatever. So I only had, amendment um, that matters is the second one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why I made it second. Uh, I, I recently had a, um, so my, my job is with the Department of State. And I, I think I mentioned before how uh, I, had an, uh, I am still having my ongoing security clearance uh, right now. And I finally had my interview with a special investigator from the Department of State. And basically you sit down and they ask questions and they let you know right at the beginning that if you give any answer that's untruthful, you can be tried for treason for that. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a stressful job interview. Right. Yeah, you are better off like admitting to be being a pedophile in one of those interviews if it's true <clears throat> than you are like, yeah. you know, lying no, about it. Like it, they'll they'll let it go it if felt, you admit what the truth is. Yeah, but <laughs> it it felt like an interrogation and it wasn't like being interrogated by a cop. It felt like getting <laughs> cross examined by like a federal investigator, you know, like by the FBI. Oh, so yeah, he was uh, this guy was like an Uber cop for sure. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> crazy man. Um, so you know we were talking about the DCCC. There's <laughs> a couple more things I want to go through because they they had they had a they had a week they had themselves a week. <clears throat> um, two other things came out this week. Uh, this is from HuffPo. Uh, the DCCC advised candidates to quote be careful with initial comments on Parkland shooting. A staffer said they should avoid, quote, politicizing the tragedy, uh, tragedy, but thoughts and prayers were fine. <laughs> now, I thought that was the Vegas shooting that they got caught on that, or it just came out no, recently. No, no, no. They, well, was... they did, they, they did this yeah. again. The same so, thing, yeah. Yeah, a, a little, I'll read a little excerpt from it. Uh, the DCCC not only warned its candidates to avoid talking about gun control policy immediately after the Vegas shooting in October, but also sent a similar message after the recent massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Uh, The afternoon of the Parkland shooting on February 14th, a member of the DCCC press staff counseled House campaigns to avoid saying anything that can be construed as, quote, politicizing the tragedy. I think it's okay to express your thoughts and prayers on social media, DCCC Regional Press Secretary Evan uh, Lukaski wrote to candidates uh, and their staff in the Northeast region. But uh, by the way, in the Northeast, the most fucking left 
politic <laughs> like the most left wing part of the country. You know, if you don't count the kind of West Coast, Oregon, Wa- uh, Washington. Well, California. what's amazing is they say don't politicize it, right? But but they're fine with fundraising <laughs> off of it because of they all they all fucking did it. I mean, they all you they know all sent out me, emails. Yeah. I, I mean, and I was saying before it happened, I was like, I'm going to scream if I see one. And and of course there were. They'll send, them, send us yeah. money so we can do this. Tom Perez we're fucking not sent me one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's okay. Uh, but please be careful about what you post on social media. And I would not blast any statements right now. There will be a time for politics, but we are still understanding what happened here and gathering the facts. Mm. Which, which, which sounds like a fucking Republican. That's a Republican talking point. It's because they are Republicans. They're all well, a they bunch of fucking right wing pieces. I, I, you know, it's I, so I, funny. I always have to like convince my like. I always have to be like, what the fuck? Why are they doing? This? But then I'm like, it's yeah, so funny when I hear that message. I'm like, oh, I could have written that. I did write that. <laughs> like, you know, I cringe for whoever had to, to write it because God. we know we know when we're writing that shit exactly that we're saying like nothing. Thing, dog shit yeah. yeah um as huffpo reported tuesday lukaski sent an email the day after the october 1st uh vegas shooting in which he was more explicit in his guidance for candidates to avoid doing anything but offering thoughts and prayers quote you and your candidate will be understandably outraged and upset uh as will your community however all in caps do not politicize it today he wrote there will be a time uh for politics and policy discussion but any message today on offering thoughts and prayers uh, should be on offering thoughts and prayers for the victims and their families and thanking first responders who save lives because fucking DJ loves their tone deaf. Do they have to be on the thoughts it's, and prayers thing? It's unfucking believable. But you know what? This is all, and, and it's like they don't even take money for the most part from the NRA, the Democrats. Right. This is all because this is all in service of the shittiest fucking element of the Democratic Party. The Joe Manchins, the Joe Donnellys of the world who fucking take money from the NRA and love their fucking guns. And it's like, oh, well, we can't be disunity. We can't be, you know, you know, what's beautiful, though, disunity <laughs> after all of that was Donald Trump then coming out and leading gun control. Oh, that was oh. the funniest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> Everyone's so, like, where's the catch? Where's the catch? And then it's like, oh. and all the Republicans in the room are like, shut the fuck up, man. What are you doing? <laughs> well, and Chris Murphy's like, uh, <laughs> so so you have all these these cowards that won't actually fight for for gun reform who just pay lip service to it because it, it is their wedge issue. You know, they're not ever going to yeah. fight against it because it is their wedge issue, but they'll still completely attack Bernie Sanders because, you know, even with a D minus rating from the NRA, Bernie's still uh, apparently too pro gun for <laughs> for these people. It's fucking gross. I just um, have a, a fantasy in my head of like Melania, you know, going in to Trump and like basically saying she would talk to him again or speak to him if he did something on guns, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> why I, else? You know I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no I logic genu- in this man. I, oh, wait, my headphones came out. I genuinely think, and, and this is Trump has compassion when it comes to other rich white people like <laughs> right. well, you, you saw like he yeah. I, he genuinely <clears throat> i feel like can empathize with rich white people because like with the central park five thing it was like oh this a well-to-do white woman got raped in a park by a bunch of black guys while well, she said by a bunch of black guys right. turned out to be bullshit um so i but he took that on as, a, as like a really personal cause took out ads like on his own dime like yeah. He, I think when he thinks that it's something that could affect him or discomfort him, he actually genuinely cares you, about fixing do it. Do you really think he gave a shit about what happened to that woman in the Central Park? 
Well, no, I think, it, uh, but no, but I think it, it triggers his lizard brain. Like, oh, those fucking blacks are going to rape my <laughs> right. daughter if she's right. That, you know what I mean? God, like, it's not yeah. like a, I care about that woman. It's like, I care about this affecting me. And I think mm-hmm. if he thinks it'll affect him or his kids or something like that, he's like, oh, I got to do something about this. Well, like, you he know, could, he could still, give a shit if it was a bunch of black he's kids. He's still a but... master of publicity. And what yeah, would give him was... more publicity in this than anything it would be to go against the grain i mean i'm giving him the lowest bar i'm not yeah. saying that he cares it gives a, a shit about anyone's right. you know kid but i, I think I, he, I, when he he's not the smartest guy i think when he senses like oh man this i i think like his his initial lizard brain reaction sometimes is the right one like when he I don't was know on, if it's compassion i think it's publicity and i think yeah. he knew damn well Maybe. that it would piss off well so there's two sides of it one one part of me thinks that the nra has been just feeling that that some shit was going to go down after this last one. It was just it was different this time. Everybody felt it, and I think that they said, "All right, fine, give them give them twenty one and over, give them that, and and make it look like we don't want it." Ugh. But give He's them that. Walked back by the way. It's such yeah. a twenty one years old. Like you you it's change the the bar. legal age to buy a gun to go do illegally what the guns designed legally to do. Well, it's, and if it's about action, I mean, so the male brain, I think it matures or stops you know continuing to to change at 27 i think 25 27 yeah so if you're gonna pick an age that would be the age 21 is just like just vegas shooter was like 65 wasn't he (laughs) like this is all dancing around the fact that the fucking guns are the problem and we're never gonna do anything about the fucking guns so it's like let's take some action while making sure that we make no difference yeah we've already we've already agreed that we're okay with some mass shootings because we're just not gonna fucking do anything about as long as it's our our honor troops doing the mass shootings that i think it's that's, it's that's worth true. it yeah there was yeah, something right. in my social media this week that there are now these little rooms that they can buy for schools and it's kind of like a it almost oh looks like God. a reading nook or something but it's a bulletproof room that can hold it's like a panic room yeah all of the students that they can you know lock themselves into and i you know so many people had said, oh, we need more guns in schools. And, you know, there were stupid incidents that happened even this past week of, you know, guns going immediately off and... showing why that's a horrible idea. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm like, OK, I'll, here's my money. Take my money and have one of these in every classroom. You can use it as a reading nook. And if you don't, you know, you protect more kids. I mean, I'm not saying that's the whole answer, but I would gladly pay for that. They're not going to do it. It's just like, what kind of a fucked up country do we live in that we're yeah. building panic rooms for kids instead of just fucking taking the, the really deadly fucking guns away? And I yeah, would have, by the way, I would have bought a bulletproof backpack, but my daughter keeps hers in her locker all day anyway. So <laughs> if it was on her, I would They also... They were also marketing these fucking, and again, marketing, because this is just a great opportunity for these companies to fucking make money, because that's all, that's, that's what fucking capitalism does, is that in a society like ours, where thousands upon that 30,000 people a year die from fucking gun violence, we don't do anything about it because we're making money off of it. And if anything, we make it easier to get guns. Like that's what fucking capitalism is. Like that's the, the craziest part of this week was finding out that Kroger sells guns. <laughs> supermarket, <laughs> like a fucking supermarket. What, chain. what Kroger? I've never been to a Kroger that sold anything besides. Where do, where do they keep them? Like yeah, next to the cigarettes up front. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, is it back? Behind? Like, do you have like a porno section with like you have the guns back there and the oh, cigarettes? No, that'd be indecent. That'd be that'd right. Be, oh yeah, right. Because because the, the what was it? The Florida Florida State Congress decided that uh, they couldn't have a gun porn ban, a but they risk. could ban porn. 
yeah dicks the uh the the superstore whatever dicks um also changed some policy Uh, this week and so boycott dicks was the hashtag going around i was like that was a favorite part of the week honestly not not well not well thought out yeah um but it, and the other oh, but I was although maybe say the other if we did there, that, maybe that would move the needle on gun control. It'd be like a like a Lysistrata for uh, domestic gun violence. Well, look, you know, it, all of there's a common denominator with all these shooters. They're male. They just yeah. they are. So, but you know, usually maybe if we really the, boycott the, the shooters. Dicks. Don't have fucking girlfriends because nobody will fuck that's them. True. That's like that's why they're mass shooters half that's the time. Tr- yeah. So, so I, I don't know that that would even work. <laughs> that might make more mass shooters. That's true. So God, I've been really like reading a lot about like in the wake of this, I was listening to this whole like podcast about the Columbine kids and how fucked Mm. up that narrative. I really actually around the the anniversary, you know, on on 420, I want to do a uh, movie review of Bowling for Columbine because I think that's a really interesting conversation to have years later because the media totally fucking made up a false narrative that people still think is the real story of of those two fucking shitheads that shot everyone up in columbine and it's couldn't be further from the truth so i think that'd be an interesting and bowling for columbine largely gets it wrong too because that was what everyone thought to be the truth at the time so it'd be a really interesting conversation so what 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 myth are you referring to well so uh, the initial stuff and we'll get into it more on that podcast but yeah briefly brief summary um a lot of the initial myths were like oh well these two kids were bullied uh in school uh, turns out FBI profiler, uh, the same guy who handled the Waco, uh, shootings, which, you know, <laughs> not, not, not such a great job there, but he, he was the one who profiled, uh, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. And he found out like after going through these tapes, they left and their diaries, these kids were fucking bullies. And Eric Harris was not, uh, like this lone, like loner kid. Like he was, he had more friends than most kids in that high school. Mm-hmm. He was a fucking psychopath and he knew how to turn his charm on to manipulate people. But these weren't some like outcasts who got bullied by the jocks and then went, you know, door to door shooting all these jocks. Like that was bullshit. They just went Mm -hmm. in, killed people indiscriminately. Um, Eric Harris wanted to be a terrorist. He didn't want to be a school shooter. He, his main plan was to set off a bunch of bombs, which actually luckily didn't go off. They would have killed maybe 10 times as many people. We always want to get to the why. We always want a why. And, and as soon as they find something that can kind of sort of fit, they stick with it, like, as fast as well, they can. The funny thing is the reason that they got their why and they got their narrative is because reporters were literally perched on the lawn outside of the school, and the second people were running out screaming and bloody, they were interviewing them because uh, this was, like, right, kind of, like, one of the first big things like this that happened during the cable news era. Mm-hmm. And um, they they were interviewing these kids, and these kids, you know, of course, don't fucking know. They're panicked, and they're like, oh, yeah, I think that one was part of the trench coat mafia, and I think this one was, you know, there were four shooters. Like, li- the stupidest little things. It's like, at one point during the shooting, uh, one of them took their coat off, and one of them spun their hat around backwards, I guess, to get a better view. Um, so to some people who saw them in profiler from behind, it's like, oh my God, there's four or five shooters in the school. Little things like that, that became gospel truth. Well, I don't Uh, know what you guys were like in high school, but I know about me. Like I heard so many rumors about me of just crazy shit that was not at all true. 
So you think about the rumors high, that go around high the high school. school yeah. and there's so many fucked up. There's always a fucked up rumor about like what some girl did with some object to right. in high school. Oh, that's every school. Yeah, we had a few of those. <laughs> right. No, that wasn't me. I wasn't that girl. <laughs> no, I know. Our school was like, oh, this girl uh, fucked a lot of lava lot, or something like that. A that lot of it's hindsight, though, too. I mean, I went to a school and there, there's not a single person I think of where I thought, oh, I thought that person was going to come shoot the school up. But if anyone had done it, everyone would have said, oh, yeah, I totally could. You know, that's we all saw it coming. Harris. Yeah, I that's what they all said about Eric Harris. Yeah, even though he was friends with most that yeah. I thought would have would have done it in my school, and actually, many of them did turn out to go to jail and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but there's something in my personality that people tell me the fucked up shit that they think. <laughs> so I think um, out of anybody, I might have been one of the first ones to know. <laughs> <laughs> and the, what the other big prevail? I mean, there's a lot of them, but and we'll get into this more on the episode. But the other big prevailing thing is how the evangelical community twisted uh, and just made up a fucking story about this girl, you know, this whole thing that they sold the book on and they sold movie rights, this whole story about the girl who said yes, like this whole story about how Eric Harris went up to this girl, uh, pointed a shotgun at her face and said, do you believe in God? And she said yes, and they blew her brains away. Uh, Turns out that didn't happen uh, with with the girl in question. She got killed silent, like without a word. Uh, he asked another gr- uh, girl, do you believe in God? She said, yeah. And he said, why? And she said, I don't know. I just do. Um, <laughs> but then he didn't kill her. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he, he got like distracted and walked away. Wow. Um, that distracted but him? The evangelical community fucking turned this girl yeah. into a martyr. Literally, like, you know, a modern day martyr. Mm-hmm. Fucking like f- raised millions of dollars off of this bullshit story. Billy Graham's fucking ch- piece of shit kid, by the way. Yeah. Billy Graham, not a fucking great guy that everyone's revering about. He's a, he's That's a, not what Obama homoph- says. Obama. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, the, the establishment loved their fucking <laughs> douchebag, you know, homophobes and war criminals. And, yeah. Uh, Billy Graham was a homophobe. He was an anti-Semite. He was not a good guy. But, um. So yeah, we'll get into that more on the bone crumb. Yeah. I just I think it's a really interesting thing that not a lot of people have looked at and a lot of misinformation, like you know, they, they, so they listen to Marilyn Manson. Just as a as a Manson, quick aside, you know, thing. that was like what nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine when that happened. Um, yeah. The the I just last night watched uh, I Tanya. It was an amazing film, amazing dark comedy about uh, the Tanya Harding. Nancy Kerrigan uh, shenanigans back in 1994. Um, but the, even though the film was written a couple of years ago, it just came out and it's, it feels like a very uh, topical, poignant commentary on the media right now. And it, basically that became such a huge scandal because it was like we were just beginning that whole idea of a 24-hour news cycle where anybody could be made famous and become mm-hmm. a star based off of just what the media said about you. Um, and, and it, it does, it does a really great job of, yeah, yeah. And, and the Oscars are tomorrow and, uh, uh, Margot, uh, Robbie does an amazing job as, uh, playing Tanya Harding and, um, it definitely, the mother's actually favorite to, uh, the favorite to win best supporting actress. Yeah, really? Yeah. It's, it's, everyone does a great job and it's, it shows a lot of the abuse that happened in that family and yeah. you know it definitely humanizes her and i watched a couple of interviews of tanya harding today when she she talks about liking the film a lot um because she does feel <laughs> yeah, it like makes it her look really good <laughs> yeah well it, i mean it doesn't make everyone look good but it all it, it, it serves to humanize everybody and show how the media um in its lust for ratings just will throw anything out there anything they'll just throw it at the wall and see what sticks and yeah. doesn't care whose lives get destroyed or 
you know, the, the long term effects so of that. And we become so reactionary. And I would say, you know, both sides, but, but liberals in particular, it's very easy to kind of rile us up on things these days and get people to just, I mean, yeah, to trigger, nuts. trigger a liberal in four words was a hashtag that was trending today on, <laughs> on Twitter. So mine was Bernie would have won. <laughs> That's, I'm definitely oh triggered. <laughs> So, you know, speaking of the media just baselessly running with a bullshit story because it's headline grabbing, no matter who it fucking hurts. Uh, we mentioned Bernie this week. They, they, they're getting the establishment is getting so fucking desperate. This is maybe the most disgusting bullshit story I've seen them push uh, so far. Um, so delivered by uh, establishment mouthpiece and pharmaceutical lobbyist Howard Dean, uh, he tweeted out. Uh, in all capitals, apparently the Russians weren't the only ones screwing around with our elections. Sanders fined for accepting foreign donations in 2016 election. Um, but, you know, when you actually look into the story, what happened was the Australian Labor Party, meaning like the left wing party of Australia, sent seven kids over to canvas with his campaign. They like they paid for the plane tickets for seven uh, Australian kids who wanted to come over and see. Uh, be part of this historic, you know, left-wing American political campaign. Did they not know um, it was illegal, or are they just... I, well, I guess nobody realized it was a... a which is fucking stupid. It's, yeah. it's not like they're paying... You know, they're not giving Bernie or his campaign even any money. They're just paying to no, well, they just, fly these kids Yeah, they, they paid for their plane tickets, and they came it's and the volunteered. the nine, <laughs> you know, FEC violation. So, but... And, you know, when Bernie's people found out about it and realized it was an issue, they reported it. Right. But, of course, this, this people fucking breathlessly reporting this because they just can't, they cannot pass up an opportunity to smear Bernie. Meanwhile, fucking Hillary Clinton did a million, you know, little backroom fucking deals and money launder. It with the, the whole fucking Victor, Hillary Victory Fund was a, a way to launder money through the DNC yep. to the tune of millions of dollars, hundreds so of millions of dollars. what Bernie should have done was to We're talking take about those... like $1,000 in plane tickets. <laughs> like, yeah. Bernie should have laundered those Australian volunteers through the state chapters and then brought them back to him first, <laughs> and then it would have been fine. I, like this, I, like, I feel like when I heard that that was a violation, I was like, that shouldn't even be a violation. That seems like a great kind of way to like it. It's not like... Is, look, the law so probably hard. exists so you don't have like a thousand, you know, oh, the scary Russians are going to send thousands of volunteers to canvas for Donald Trump. Like, that's probably <laughs> why the law exists to prevent like yeah. a mass election interference. Yeah, but China sends over 10,000 people. But this <laughs> is such a stupid, benign, non-story wow. that Howard fucking Dean, Mr. Uh, I'm a progress, you know, I, I'm from the Democratic too. wing of the Democratic Party. Yeah, it's an old story because it happened a while ago. So, it's just so fucking. They it's just, just continue disgusting. to beat they the drum on They can't. They can't help themselves. Yeah. You know, every time they do something like this, and people see that, I, I think a little bit of their base like believes it as gospel truth. But I think the more, it's the same with Donald Trump. They just kind. They just kept trying to belittle him in the press, and it only made him stronger with that wing of the base. I think when they do this to Bernie. It only makes him stronger with people looking at that and saying, oh, well, that's just the fucking media trying to tear down somebody that says something they don't like. Or that's just the party, you know. I, I think this only helps him. I, I, I really do. I think they're so fucking stupid as usual in their strategy. Well, and it was that was, you know, every other day, Howard Dean will tweet something he gets dragged for hardcore for. But I mean, the one that was the, the best man. one was where he basically said uh, he or he tweeted out, you know, as a super delegate, again, the whole DNC fraud 
lawsuit argument was we're not beholden to the voters in any way, shape, oh, or yeah, form. His tweet that basically said, you know, you know, my job is to do what I want to do, and you know, the, there's, <laughs> there, the, we, ha- I, I I'm not representing anybody. Yeah. It's like, well, what the fuck are you in politics for? He just he gives away the game so well. He wanted to be the president. He wanted to be the fucking yeah. president. And he goes, I'm not represent. <laughs> I just, I can't with these you fucking know, it, it, corporate it's suits. The only, the only redeeming thing about the guy was when he did have that 50 state strategy of actually winning, you know. He kind of be progressive. <laughs> he did. I, he just he did. really, he's the most blatant example of, of just took the fucking money and is now the bitch of the establishment. Yeah. Like it, it's just, well, it's so blatant you know, when if, you look at him from then till if, now. If you look at what toppled his campaign, it was, it was a microphone that caught him kind of like, yelling right Excited. imagine yeah. imagine if that you know and that's that's the democrats are so good at, at um but they took sabotage down. yeah they, didn't, they yeah. fucking did the same thing they're doing to bernie right now so exactly. it's actually well, disgusting it. that he's participating that in was it. it though he was taken down because we have never the public has never really heard the actual audio as it existed we've the way that they've played it back for us right it yeah. magnifies yeah. yeah the sound you know over the the crowd noise so but it's still even that even that words. just scream it was like so what who gives a shit it's like yeah, if trump if trump that. can brag on his his audio of of um you know sexually assaulting women and that doesn't ding him then it's like why would democrats ding their own guy for you know, basically, because he a, wasn't at the time, he wasn't their own guy. Like he was, he oh, was no, actually course, pushing progressive policies, and they were like, "All right, let's take this fucker out." Let's they so they would just play that little part at you know on loop and make fun of they him. Played it so much too. I mean, I remember the the news at that time, and I I could not turn it on without seeing that clip over and over and over and over. It was like, what the fuck? It just when you start looking for these things, and when you read manufacturing consent you understand the kind of the tools of of media uh, definitely one of them yeah yeah media you know that that kind of mind who, mind, who wrote that book? you know uh chomsky, chomsky. Actually wrote that book. that's right yeah. <clears throat> fucking awesome um I, i've read through a little bit of it i haven't really i haven't had time to read it all but it just the stuff i read i'm like oh my god and he wrote this years ago and it's like this is so fucking spot on this is exactly what they do and he outlines the actual tactics that they use that he learned from people in media and it's like just so gross when you realize everything you've ever been told like when you when you're growing up is fucking bullshit like mm-hmm. it's it's a weird feeling but it's kind of liberating you know like my daughter likes to say my whole life is a lie <laughs> she says that routinely so dramatic how old is your daughter dramatic generation she's nine yeah she's nine yeah her favorite phrases are triggered illuminati confirmed my life oh is my a God. lie and plot twist so. your daughter is awesome <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, so, you know, I just, I can't. Oh, and the, the other funny thing this week uh, in that kind of world of establishment ridiculousness, did you guys see that tweet that Jennifer Palmieri tweeted out? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Jennifer Palmieri, if people don't remember, one of Hillary's senior aides, fucking awful, awful person. Oh, I saw this tweet. Yeah. What did what well, she For people that don't remember, she was the one who was on MSNBC months ago. And she was saying, people don't care about a $15 minimum wage. It's all about identity on our side now. That was that was the one who said that, you know, back on MSNBC. All about identity for the people that are impersonating people of color and women <laughs> and so on. Yeah. She literally said, it's all, people don't care about a $15 minimum wage. Like, she said that on yeah. fucking television in public. Like, and people didn't throw tomatoes at her. Like, it, it it's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, so she tweeted out the other day. 
you guys, I just got into an unmarked gypsy cab. Uh, just racist right there. Uh, I got into an unmarked gypsy cab at SFO airport with a Russian driver. If I disappear, it's a tan Lincoln Continental. Like, totally serious. And then... And then she, she got, yeah, she followed up on it like three hours later and, and, and jokingly said like, oh, I'm fine. I guess I was okay. And yeah, false alarm, guys. <laughs> Sorry for my racism. I'm a senior member of the Hillary staff and I'm doing this publicly. Imagine what we do privately. Like, it's just, it's fucking just so gross. This, this xenophobia around the Russia thing. Well, We've talked about it ad nauseum. Yeah, we, we, yeah. uh, Lazana, you talked about this last week about the, the whole idea that, you know, this, this, the hatred of, of Putin is starting to bleed over into, um, you know, just xenophobia and hating on Russians in general. And I honestly hadn't really seen much of that yet. And then until this tweet came out, I was like, oh, no, you're right. That's there it is. <laughs> there, there, there's well, the Mad- naked Mad- face. Ex- Maddow's done it a little bit, too. Like she tweeted that one thing when when Trump went to the uh, uh, the Davos con- conference, whatever that stupid, yeah. you know, the rich guy asshole thing that he went to. And she's like here. And she she put up a list of russians that were at the event not like russian you know government officials just rich russians that happened to be attending the event it's like this is just fucking racism like the i just feel like what that you know there should be a policy with the media you know kind of like there used to be the the fairness doctrine i think that there should be a policy if you're going to talk about any shit with the russians you you should have to mention every other country okay there were five russians there okay tell me how many chinese people were there people from china were there how many many, people from israel were there who actually fucking tried to interfere in our life by having Kushner lobby on behalf of them before Trump was inaugurated. Tell me how many people from every about. country, because otherwise... I... <laughs> well, yeah. if, if Jill Stein was there, that's all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's American, actually. Oh, God. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I mentioned to everybody off air that I wanted to do a new segment. Uh, I, I just thought it would be a fun thing to do every week. Uh called unpopular opinions where we kind of voice one of our opinions that we hold uh that is not that would not be considered popular but to the masses I have so, so many <laughs> that's i did it with ladonna in mind because there's so many things she said where i'm like come on come on now come on son. Right, so like what the fuck who's gonna go first let ladonna go first because okay. she's got so many let's see if she could just so um I think one of my bigger ones that, that I'll probably get a lot of hate for. Um, so there's, you know, the whole MMT crowd is out there and, you know, they, they get called <laughs> MMT cult and they get upset with that. And I understand the reason why they get called a cult, because if you say anything, and I mean, there, there are certain like, you know, I don't know, phrases or something, they must have like an, if this, then that or alarm that goes off or something. If you say certain things, they appear like, like magic. Actually. Onto so any what is, thread. what does the, the acronym stand for? Modern monetary uh, theory. Yeah. And it's a theory, uh, economic theory. Don't even theory. explain it. They're going to yell at us yeah. now. <laughs> Stephanie Kelton, um, is one of Bernie's advisors. She's a big proponent of it. And, and so if you mention MMT or, some of these other things that I'm about to get to, you know, they appear and what they do is they start sending you, they don't even talk to you. They don't even respond rationally. They give you YouTube links. Like, like you really six... shouldn't talk about this until you watch this seven hour video <laughs> you immediately... about why MMT is the only. <laughs> you have to watch these four YouTube videos and then you'll understand. You know so is I mean? this like a Bitcoin thing? Is it like that kind of cult? No. Well, I mean, it's... 
I'll, I'll do it. So I'll, I'll take the heat. <laughs> it, basically, and, and, and this is a very simplified version, and there's a lot of, you know, explanations and whatever. Save your fucking tweets. I don't care. I know that it's more complicated. But we'll basically, never run out of what, money. It boil, what it boils down to is that money only has value because we assign it value. And you can just the, the, there's no such thing as debt like the government can just print money and there's no such thing as deflation or inflation. That's all artificial Deficit is one of their words. And yeah. we could <laughs> we could pay for all of these programs we want, like Medicare for all and, uh, you know, free college without cutting spending for uh, military budget. We could just pay for it because we make the money and we control the Treasury and yet. And it's like you're never going to sell the American people and on that taxes concept. don't really fund the government. And yeah, there's there's you're lots of different gonna sell people on this concept. It's well, like, here's the it's... thing. Bernie has, you know, Kelton as an advisor. That's great. Um, but Bernie doesn't talk she about does that it. to him. Bernie doesn't talk about it. He 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 and he brings things home to people. He he talks to, speaks to people where they are from you know from whatever is their problem, whether it's the economy or inequality or whatever. He talks to people plainly. He doesn't bring that into it. So so my my unpopular opinion this week is actually linked to that, um, and it has to do with universal basic income. And so I support a universal basic income um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, automation is one of them. Um, we know that there's going to be whole classes of workers, just like happened with manufacturing. There's going to be whole classes of workers that disappear, and it's happening already. Go to workers, freaking yeah. Panera Bread now, and there's eight different kiosks where you can order, and only one person at the register. You know, if you actually don't know how it's to use. It's spooky. A I went to a McDonald's, and it was there was always monitors, and I was like, I didn't know how to use it. I just walked like, up to the to, to the counter, but there was no line. I was like, Can I still? just order from you and they were like hey, for I a limited guess so. time only uh, <laughs> it was weird and it was in like a start up charging you yeah it was in a small rural town too and i was like this is already happening here where the fuck am i yeah, it's happening everywhere everywhere and, and you look inside. at you know a company like amazon um you know my significant other for a little while worked in uh during a holiday season in in one of their warehouses you know packaging and you know getting stuff sent out i, I believe they're called uh fulfillment centers yeah fulfillment yeah. center God, and right. well now it's it's almost all robotics like if you look at the employment of of you know what was humans and now is robots it's just it's insane the number of robots that they have employed and, and so so all of this is happening and the idea is you know you give everybody not just like you know poor people not just this one or that one you give everybody a, a standard amount of money that they get every month and that's just you just give it to them and it stimulates the economy and, you know, it gets rid of people having to worry about sleeping on the street. I mean, there's a million and five things. Now, the MMT people believe, and I can understand a little bit of the, the thought behind it, that it's actually a neoliberal plot to get rid of the entire social safety net. So, you know, that, that if you give people UBI, then that you would get rid of food stamps, you would get rid of section eight housing, you would get You'd rid of, keep all those things, you know, so. all of, all of the charitable, you know, yeah. hmm. all of those things you basically get rid of it. And then once you get rid of those things and you have people on UBI, the infrastructure for all those things, delivering it is gone. Then you get rid of the UBI <clears throat> and then everybody's just fucked. Right? right. That's their theory. And so I, I understand where that's coming from, but I think you can very clearly plan for that. You can say, Okay, we're going to do UBI, but we're not going to get rid of any of that stuff. That, I mean, you can do that, right? Yeah. Well, did, I, I didn't Elon that, yeah. Musk come out in favor of, of universal basic income as well? 
a lot of like super capitalist dudes like Zuckerberg has done it too, uh, yeah. which, I, which I get the weariness. And I actually think that that might be the partly the intention of at least some people right. who are I receptive to it. But I do but think, I think you can plan for it. But I think you need to make sure uh, that any bill that would, would put forth UBI would protect those social safety nets or at least decouple them from UBI. Well, and, and what they want instead of UBI, the, the MMT crowd anyway, and, and a lot of others, is they want a federal jobs guarantee. That's the other side of it. They say, don't just give people money, you know, make it so that they're guaranteed employment through the federal that's government. That's a good idea too. Right. I mean, and and, and I'm not entirely opposed to that, but with my employment, I've 20 years in recruiting and all of that. So I've done hiring and, mm -hmm. and, Really, it doesn't even take that though. Anybody that's ever worked with a shitty coworker <laughs> knows what I'm talking about here. Not everyone is employable, and not everyone mm -hmm. is employable in every job. There are people that just have a shitty work ethic, and I'm not necessarily poverty shaming. It's, it could be people at any level, right? That are like yeah, this. rich people. I'm and sure. so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was say. <laughs> so the idea of this guarantee, I find problematic. Now, uh, other ways you can look at it, you can say, okay, well, if you um, you know, are one of those people and you have a shitty work ethic and you lose your job, then you no longer have the guarantee. Well, then we're back to square one, right? With a lot of people that aren't right. working and don't have money and well, so on. And so and, and even, I think more, I more right problematic than, than saying people don't have a good work ethic or some people is just some people can't conform to the very narrow spectrum of, of skills and behavior that most corporate jobs have, have Bingo. created, you know, and I'm one of them now. I mean, you know, I left the corporate world and I have health issues that I can't work the same kind of right. normal nine to five job in an office that I used to be able to do. It's just too hard on me. Um, and so I'm one of those people. I'm lucky that I've been able to, you know, make a living doing other things. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm blessed for that. Not everyone is in that circumstance. And UBI, one of the other things I like about it is that it could bring on a big boom of entrepreneurship of people going, okay, well, now that I don't have to like freak out and worry about, you know, the next meal that's going to come in, yeah. maybe I can put a little money towards starting a little business or doing something or whatever. It, it just gives people options and it takes away the shame that's associated mm -hmm. with so many of these social services yeah. programs. It, it's an equalizer. And so I talked about UBI and people came in and talked about federal jobs guarantee. Well, and then I got the link after link after link on oh. MMT, which, <laughs> you know, they, the MMT people attacked Kyle Kalinske this week or something. He said they something. They anybody who says anything. I'm, I swear to God, MMT. it's like flies on shit. I mean, like, it's like you guys are not rallying people to your cause by being dickheads that's like, the I'm thing sorry. and i mean i'm friends with steve grumbine he's from real progressives you know on on facebook and and he's one of the people that that does this and is like this and there are others you know um it's you know it's not just one person but they all react in the same way and that's what i take issue with like i might still i'm still sort of thinking over mmt as to you know what i believe about it longer term i'm still learning about it and i guess chewing on it to some degree i haven't yep. really taken a position on it one way or another. And I don't know that you have to, because I do think that there are ways to pay for these programs um, without necessarily even bringing MMT into it. And I think that's the, the bigger thing for me, but I'm, well, I'm so sick of being jumped on. Um, yeah. Anytime I say anything that They're slightly disagrees with. <laughs> so my unpopular opinion for this week. Nice. The same with the, the, you know, the, <clears throat> the thing that would actually, that really is going to solve that, like in large part is worker co-ops. Cause we talk about worker all these problems yeah. are, are caused by corporations. Living so wages. When you, yep. when you take the power out of the hands of the corporations and you actually have uh, a system that 
not only incentivizes but almost demands living wages and equal uh you know equal say for all workers uh that we would solve a lot of these issues now I'd also be in favor of a federal jobs guarantee and what form that would take would be. I don't think it's an either or conversation. I agree with that. No, exactly. Yeah. I think we need to do all these things. I mean, you know, I think or try to work on all these things. It is certainly helpful for pass, people you know? to, to have a sense of purpose. And I think that people do feel better about themselves when they are able to work for, you know, for a living, doing yeah. something productive or with purpose. I do think that that helps self-esteem wise. <clears throat> you don't just want people sort of, getting used well, whole... to doing nothing, being on the dole, but I don't believe that's what would happen with UBI. I think you no. would see a real era of entrepreneurship and art and just amazing things when people don't have to stress anymore about the day-to-day. -day. But you can't do it with 500 a month, and you can't do it with 700 a month. I mean, it's got to be a real, you know, solid oh, yeah. dollar amount it that was... somebody could actually survive on. Whenever I used to argue with, uh, with liberals um, a few years ago about 15 now, they would say, well, that's so much money. And it's like... That's barely thirty thousand dollars a year before taxes. <laughs> like that's... Yeah, everyone that said that to you probably made like fifty thousand oh, dollars yeah. a year. They were more, they were know? all like almost a millionaire or multimillionaire liberals yeah, who owned a business disgusting. and were like, "Well, I could never afford to pay that much." It's like, yeah, you, you, you definitely could if you weren't a fucking. You can't afford to be in business. Exactly. That was one of my favorite FDR quotes that said, "If you cannot pay a living wage, you don't deserve to run a business." Mm -hmm. it's, mm. Yeah, that's so so true. It's perfect. Um, so comrade, what's your, uh, unpopular opinion? <laughs> uh, well, th there was a, a, a Twitter group thread that, um, I, I kind of had a fallout with, uh, one individual on and it was about uh, my unpopular opinion. Not a Twitter um, feed. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I mean, it's like, you think you agree with everybody on everything and everyone tries to get along in some of these group threads and you think you all have a like mind. And then there's that one day where you're just, you're just in a bad mood or shitty mood <laughs> And you really say what you really think about a certain <laughs> kind of like pet issue and everyone just kind of goes, not allowed. what? You're not allowed to do that. We're progressives. We have to agree on everything. That's the thing. And so I, I actually need to list every day because it changes because <laughs> I, I keep falling behind. And so you know, then I, get I, um, I think cars should be banned from cities. And I know that's Ooh. kind of more of like a like a bougie liberal transit want kind of a thing. But it's true that you know if you look at the harm it like so so when the nra people say well cars kill forty thousand people a year you're not talking about banning those <laughs> i'm one of the people that's like no, no no we should ban those too but the reasons aren't really because they kill forty thousand people can you have a what vespa um can you pedal a bicycle no <laughs> no okay um or, or, that would involve shape, like man. work and <laughs> well here's the thing i know a guy who was an activist out on the west coast who was blockading a train taking weapons down to South America when Reagan was selling oh, uh, weapons. And he was, he was blocked. We need to do a background check on you. No. <laughs> Have you vetted this person for our podcast, Anthony? <laughs> what, so, and he was blockading this train taking weapons down to South America. To, and he um, didn't move when the train came. The train ran over his legs and cut his legs off. And he oh, still God. rides a bicycle. Wow. So, you know, what does he pedal with? He, it, well, he, um, he has a couple of prosthetic, uh, legs, but he oh, actually okay. rides a hand crank bicycle. So it's like a wow. recumbent and he sits down and he, he like literally like you turn a hand crank and that's how he gets around. Yeah. Um, I don't have a good crazy. excuse. I just, 
<laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just in bad shape. Like I don't yeah. feel like getting in much better shape. Well, people say like, oh, well, you can ride a bike because you're in shape. It's like, well, no, the bike is what makes me be in shape. If you yeah. start. Um, so, so my my big thing is how streets used to be the the communal place for for people in cities. It brought us together. Yeah. Um, it, it's where um, you know labor organizing took off. It's where uh, the suffragette movement took off. It was in the streets, you know, and. And back now it's the, Facebook, so I don't think you have to worry. <laughs> digital Commons. But the problem is that, like, yeah, we don't, nobody gets into the streets well, anymore. It, it's also the way that, that, like, if you look at where children are allowed to go on their own nowadays compared to, yeah. like, the 19-teens or even the 1970s, they're not allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's it's what we call the, um, the, the wilderness of childhood has been diminished, and we're expecting kids to spend more time in school and more time doing rote memorization and they are having less time of exploring on their own because they can't go anywhere because you've got cars everywhere. We've designed every community to be, you know, the car is the primary sole means of transportation and you can't use the street anymore the way it was designed to for thousands of years before the 1890s, you know, and, and that social harm is something that's hard to measure. There's a few people who have done it. Um, and they've measured it, but it's still widely unknown. Um, you know, nobody wants to live on a busy street. And everyone understands that, but they also don't want to give up their car because they still think that that's the easiest thing. But they don't factor in like you know the money it costs and the time they're stuck in traffic and the the time it takes to park everything. So, um, <clears throat> you know, even though it's a lot of people say, well, if you if you're poor, you need a car to get around and do stuff. I disagree. I think the car impoverishes a lot of people who otherwise would be doing okay if they weren't forced to to live in a place where a car was the only option or where you know they're basically required to do things because they say you know for this job you have to have reliable quote unquote transportation transportation yeah. well i ride a bike every yeah. single day to work and that's reliable for me uh, and it's affordable and it's great exercise but there's some jobs that wouldn't hire me if i don't own a car because they don't they don't think that way now on the other hand you've got companies that uh have uh, bike lockers and showers for people who commute to work i was gonna and say we'll give yeah, you, you money <laughs> give you extra, extra money <laughs> show up sweaty <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, just the healthcare premiums you get if all of your workers bike to work are incredible. Uh, out in Portland, Oregon, the uh, OHSU is the, um, the, it's a medical university, and they've got something like 1,500 bike racks at the bottom of the, the, the hill that connects to uh, like an aerial tram that you take up to the top of this, this uh, sort of foothill mountain thing to where you actually work. So they're, they're really incentivizing people living healthy in addition to, you know, actually practicing medicine. I'm just thinking about the the, the dream of the 90s is alive in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> so right across the Columbia River from, from Portland, there's a, a little tax dodger haven called Vancouver, Washington. And we, we would always joke that the, the dreams of the uh, sub, suburbs are alive in Vancouver. <laughs> <sighs> um, so my unpopular opinion for the day, uh, the band Creed, not that bad. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, shit. The it's most unpopular now. opinion. So you also told me today that Matchbox 20 was kind of good. <laughs> so I, I got to wonder where your music taste Look, is coming that, from. I was listening that, to Three Doors Down I, earlier, I, I admit it. <laughs> Look, I, I, look, I grew up in the 90s. Like, you know, I... My, I I grew up with fucking Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock and all that <laughs> shit that like today I cringe when I listen to. But you know, I, and Creed is insanely self-indulgent. <laughs> Scott Stapp is a fucking raging douchebag, no question. <laughs> but you listen to some of their songs, w taking aside the visual of it, 
the, the wind so, blowing. Okay. Oh God, the open white shirt. Yeah, no. Taking that aside, Did the musicality. Did you just start smoking pot again? Because you're listening to the lyrics of Creed. Right so, no. no, 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 not the lyrics. The lyrics are what I, I mean. You know, nobody listens to. I listen to lyrics, but nobody listens. I mean, they're to a Christian lyrics. band. Yeah. Every song they write is about. They're not. They're not yeah. strictly a Christian not strictly rock a band. Christian band. They are Christians who are in a rock band, but they're not. You know, it's like that. Um, Relying K, like they're not whatever, but um, some of their and look, some of their shit's horrible and goofy, and you know he's clearly trying to rip off Eddie Vedder. Some of their songs, there's a song called "What If" uh, by them. It's just really fucking good, like heavy uh, rock track, and it's like you almost would be surprised to find out it was that. Like, not even to be that guy, but their earlier stuff before they became super commercial. (laughs) It's not that bad. You're I'm so that guy say, right it's now. not that bad. I am being that guy right now. It's Before right. Creed sold out. This is a safe space for unpopular opinions, I thought. But, you know, whatever. This is not a safe space. This, you're, you're over here talking about banning fucking cars. You're over here pissing off the entire progressive left. I talk about a band I like, and it's like, oh, fucking We're put done. me up on the cross. Our listeners but, you know, just... Put me up on the cross like Scott Stapp. Just there fucking, you, go, you know, With your arms wide open. No, you know what? I, so I'll agree with you. I've had my moments. In fact, I'll I'll go worse. Well, I don't know which is worse, actually. But yeah, so, let's, let's talk about the worst band we fucking. Yeah, I mean, so like Billy Joel, for example. I have Ooh, my moments I now. Joel. I fucking love Billy Joel. Like, oh. Ironically, listening to Billy no? Joel and going, you know what? He had something going on. <laughs> like, I like. Look, I'm not. I'm not talking like we didn't start the fire, Billy Joel. But fucking like that's actually the best song he did, though. <laughs> It's funny, but no, I mean, so some of his shit, like uh, Honesty, is a great song. She's always like, a woman to me. I don't know. Uh, look, I'm from New York, so it, 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 Billy Joel, Springsteen, those guys are a different fucking breed to us. It's you like, go in any piano bar, any you know place in the country, yeah, and that comes on, people will start fucking death, singing along. They just great. will. Yeah. You can't. There's a reason not. it's so enduring, you know. If you guys ever, uh, if you ever come to Michigan and you're ever in a bar and Journey comes on, oh Journey, and it's another you, one. that. That piano opening, like the whole world stops. Yeah, no, <laughs> Everything true. stops while that song plays. Queen, there's, there's certain songs because like everyone. Yeah, there's oh my god, you guys! One just... day soon, I'm gonna have to go live on Facebook in one of the local bars here in this little tiny shit town that I live in. You guys will piss yourselves when you see it. <laughs> Unbelievable. People all just singing along drunkenly. <laughs> It's, it's like time travel. <laughs> you can totally travel back to like the eighties. <laughs> oh man! I look, look, I I think there's no such thing as guilty pleasures. I mean, that, maybe that's my unpopular opinion of the week. <laughs> I think if you fucking like something, just admit you like it. It's cool. Like there's that's what Dave Grohl says too. Yeah, yeah, Dave Grohl says that too. He's the coolest motherfucker on the planet. He can, you know, if he says that, I believe him. Yeah, he got caught at a concert singing along to like In uh, Sync or one of those recently. He was dying <laughs> about it because they're like Dave Grohl and he was like totally singing along oh did i don't know if you ever saw that it was some random uh teenage girls tweet and somebody like screenshot it blew it up and made it popular but somebody um she said something like doesn't dave Grohl look like the like the father of the drummer from nirvana (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i fucking hate this shit Unless you listen to the podcast, then you're cool. But holy <laughs> fuck, like what? <clears throat> God damn. I still remember that gangly, you know, clean shaven weirdo. Remember that other, remember that other guy? He worked from at Tower. 
He worked at the same tower I worked at, actually. Wait, Dave Grohl worked at Tower Records? Yeah, he did. Oh. Yeah. He right at, before he went on. For anyone, uh, for anyone listening right now who's, uh, who's a millennial, Tower Records was oh, where I you had to Tower. go to buy <laughs> compact discs and videotapes and compact CDs. Compact discs were these little round uh, We still had a tape department that, that when I worked would there. Be put on. Tape department? <laughs> um, Holy shit. You'd put them into a player and have to press play. Like, it, it, it was the weirdest thing. You'd actually but Tower to also has, buy. like, a phenomenon where it was kind of where the freaks went to work. And <laughs> I got hired there because I dressed like I wasn't a freak when I went to the interview. <laughs> and then afterwards, I started dressing like that. And the manager actually called me in and told me that he'd been duped. <laughs> <laughs> he was very upset with me, <laughs> but they're That's having funny. a reunion, a 25 year reunion for my uh, my old tower store. Tower Damn, was the I bomb. Miss Tower. Did but... you ever watch that documentary that Colin Hanks did about oh, yeah. Tower Records? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was really good. Yeah, I actually knew some of the people in that. They're not still a company, really? are they? No. no. Uh, well, the company, you know, yeah. it's like Napster. The company exists, but not like they sell their brand name to like you know a website that sells music or some shit. So for any millennials listening, Napster was a company that. (laughs) (laughs) You might need to finish that. (laughs) So the reason you have the fucking awesome music that you have right now at the tip of your fingers is because of Napster. Don't let anyone. Before before iTunes monetized the idea of downloading songs, it used to be if you wanted to hear a copy of your favorite song, you would do a search for it on this app called Napster and you would find about 45 different uh, versions of it, and you look for the one that had like the best uh, download rate, and if you found the good <laughs> one, then about uh, 15 minutes later, you'd have the song. Yeah. yeah. Um, and literally, the, that convenience is why the fucking, why music is as superfluous as it is today, and why it's like I have Apple Music, where you could just search for a song you hear and fucking click it and it's like it's yours mm-hmm. yeah. you know you pay 10 bucks a month but you have unlimited that kind of unlimited easy access to music is why music is the way it is if we never had napster and this great kind of innovative idea we might still be buying cds we might be buying mp3s at 199 a clip Ugh. right <laughs> like you imagine like fucking shoot me so when i went in to buy the microphone i'm talking on right now i went to best buy and i hadn't been to a best buy in so long that like the world had changed oh, since I've CD been in there. So small. They don't. Now. They didn't it's have crazy. one. I looked all oh over. God. I walked the whole floor. There was no <laughs> CD section, and I found this one single bin that said uh, CDs five ninety nine and up. <laughs> five ninety nine and up, but it was like Cat Stevens' greatest CDs. hits. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was. It was to the demographic that would still buy CDs. Yeah, and, like, and you know, it's so fucking weird. Some guy, oh, this is a great fucking deal. Look at this, five ninety nine for a cat Stevens. That's, that's the guy they're trying to fucking sell those. I, CDs. I'm sure Matchbox Twenty and Creed was in that bin too. <laughs> Listen, it's fucking right three AM is a good song. <laughs> I would, uh, uh, oh god, what the hell is that song? Can't think of it now. Oh well, um, Matchbox Twenty is a good man. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll die on that hill. I'll die on that fucking hill. You're gonna die care. on that hill. Your Twitter handle is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fuck some of your hate tweets, fuckers. It's at a Monterulo on Twitter. I don't care. Mm. Look, seriously, anyone listening, go check out that song "What If" by Creed. That's a fucking. It's a fucking jam. It's not like your typical like. I have to goofy... dock you like ten thousand progressive points for just saying that sentence. I don't care. Yeah, I'll, I'll fucking stand by it. Um, what was I gonna say? All right, so you know, if you like what you hear on the podcast. Uh, even if you don't like my uh, horrible, uh, unpopular opinions on Creed, uh, go rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Um, 
Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. Send us some money on Patreon. Move left. <laughs> yeah, we actually got a Patreon, Patreon this week, whatever. Yeah. Um, Was it Eric Garland? <laughs> <laughs> we took his over We took his three Patreon. No. Um, so patreon.com slash move left. We do a movie review. It's three bucks to support the show and support our production costs, but also we do some bonus. Um, movie review podcast there we try to do a couple of months Keeps for less than doing. a price of a cup of coffee you can sponsor a child <laughs> in egypt or you can host this podcast for us yeah come on what do, what do you guys want to fucking help homeless animals yeah. and starving kids if you, you if you support the patreon account it goes to pay the the generator that's literally recording this show right now <laughs> it keeps me from having to use the crank <laughs> yeah wait the Seriously. drug or like a crank engine kind of thing. <laughs> no Either. i always yes, use the crank both. And um, sometime uh, next week, we're going to be recording uh, Josh Fox's documentary, How to Let Go of the World and uh, Love All the Things That Climate Can't Change or something like that. It's a really long title. Yeah. It's a really good uh, climate change documentary that everyone should check out. It's on HBO Go. Uh, we'll be recording that <clears throat> next week, and uh, we might send that out to our listeners because I suspect a lot of our listeners have seen that. Um uh, in any event, yeah, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, do all that shit, and uh, come join us next week on Move Left Idiots.